This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. A uh, couple of other things. Let's get to the Carrasco injury. Carlos Carrasco was sent back to New York. He had imaging on his inflamed right elbow. He had soreness and swelling. There is recent between-start bullpen session is the way it was described. He had an elbow issue at the end of spring training. Buck Showalter said no big deal. Here was the update that we got on Wednesday. It's a small bone chip in his right elbow. It's causing the swelling and discomfort. The hope is, and this is really what matters, when's he going to pitch? The hope is the injection he received today will allow him to resume pitching in two weeks. Otherwise, he could be facing surgery, which, what does surgery mean? Is that a season? Is that two months? I don't know. I would say this to my fellow Met fan, and call me negative, call me whatever you want. I don't think he throws another pitch for the New York Mets ever. I agree with you. I agree with you. This is door number one. He's back in a week. Door number two, he's gone forever. It's always door number two. He's not going to throw another pitch. Look, he wasn't effective anyway. I mean, he shot. I mean, a lot of the rotation is old and and hurt. But Carrasco, to me, is the worst of anybody. When they put that out there, and that's classic Mets. It's like, he might be back. And, oh, by the way, surgery, uh, we're not ruling that out. He's having surgery. He's out for the year. He's never pitching for the Mets again. Yeah. Uh, That's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they'll do a they'll do a tribute video for him in three years I, when he comes back as a coach for somebody and Evan scoring a game that will definitely happen. I believe Jose Quintana will throw a pitch sooner than Carlos Carrasco will for the New York Mets, and it puts him in a tough spot. Now uh, Budo can't come back. Now when a guy gets hurt, you could bring a guy back within ten days, but they already use that move, so it has to be directly for a guy who gets hurt. And so since they already made a move. Budo can't be the guy, so it looks like Joey Lucchese is going to be the guy. And then the hope is Verlander's coming back. Because if Verlander comes back, and by the way, the, the update was bullpen session on Sunday, minor league rehab start after that. I don't think he needs a minor league rehab start, and here's why. I'm not being dangerous. When you pitch in a rehab game versus pitching in the major leagues, it's the same thing. You're pitching. Like, there's no greater injury risk. You're not trying harder in one place. You're You're pitching. You're making sure you're good to go. Usually you go on rehabs because you got to start to build up your pitch count, build up how many innings you could throw. The Mets get so few innings from their starting pitchers right now. And with the DH, because you don't have to worry about pinch inning. Dude, if he goes three innings, fine. They just got three innings from Scherzer. Right. Like, I would rather piggyback him with another long guy if you don't think he could go more than five. So you could go Verlander Lucchese. Like, you could keep Lucchese on the roster and have Verlander make the start, quote-unquote, and have him go for So even if he's not ready to pitch 100 pitches or 90 pitches, have him make the rehab start at the major league level because why the hell not? Well, you're getting Ver, uh, Verlander for four innings, too. I'd rather have Verlander for four innings than whoever the hell else is pitching for four innings. I agree. So let him iron out the kinks up here. I, 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 makes perfect he sense. He could go four shutout innings. Great gives us a chance to win that game. Budo deserves another start, though. 
So if this is something long-term where they need another arm, whether Scherzer serves a suspension, uh, by the way, speaking of the Scherzer thing, I'll do this right now because we've already talked about Carrasco in the rotation. You know the deal, Lucchese, you know, Pudo, all that. Umpire Dan Bellino on the Scherzer rejection. We talked about what Max said. We talked about what Buck didn't say. Dan Bellino says, it was far more than we have ever seen on a pitcher in live action. <laughs> and we understand the repercussions of re- removing a pitcher from the game. This is clearly something that went too far. It went over the line. So they are basically saying, these umpires, there was way too much stuff there. Wow. We had to do it. It's we like, had no choice. It's like uh, Evan, son, Jet. If you put, like, you know, cake in the fridge and you're like, all right, Jet, you could have one slice, but that's it. We're putting the rest of the fridge. And meanwhile, you see him an hour later. He's got chocolate over his face, and you know he snuck into the fridge now, and ate all the cake. Now, here's more from him, all right? It was so sticky. <laughs> we're talking about baseball now, right? It okay. was so sticky that when we touched his hand, our fingers were sticking to his hand. And whatever was on there remained on our fingers for a couple of innings. It was far more than we've ever seen on a pitcher in live action. The level of stickiness on his hand (laughs) was much worse than it it was even in the initial inspection that had taken place two innings prior. This was the stickiest that it has ever been since I've been inspecting hands, which now goes back three seasons. It was far stickier than anything we felt certainly today and anything this year. And so in that case, we felt we had... We had two chances to clean it up, and he didn't. This sounds like puberty for Evan. So this is the <laughs> stickiest of hands they've ever seen. So, like Max. Max, first of all, he went on this huge rant that he's not an idiot. Meanwhile, they're telling you that he had more sticky stuff on his hands than anybody they've ever inspected. Well, here, here's the bottom line. Here's the way this thing's going to end, because none of us know. No. All right? I was drawn in by Max's I'm swearing on my kids thing. That's a tough one. That's a very tough one. Yeah. Dan Bellino did not back down. Like, he basically said, this is the stickiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And you can insert your jokes. We'll have fun with that on Carton Roberts. Yeah, this is the Rico. We do do more uh, in the weeds here. (laughs) But they are both kind of saying... Oh, they they call this Evan digging in. Digging in. You see this on uh, CNN and Fox News every night. Yeah, they're digging in. (laughs) And so the glove, my understanding, will end up at the offices of Major League Baseball. And they're going to tell us what was there. I mean, this is going to be like CSI. This is fascinating. Now, how many people inspect the glove once it get back? It gets back to Manhattan. Is there like a team of people? Do they hold it under a microscope? Like, what is the process of looking at this glove? And here's the other thing, too. We're talking about this. This isn't, uh, you know, some pitcher on the Royals. This is Max Scherzer, yeah. future Hall of Famer, playing in New York City. This is a big one so, here because this is, and Boris talked about it, his legacy, I don't want to say is on the line. Nah, I think that's line. obviously a stretch. But... If you get this attached to you, that, hey, he might have had too much sticky stuff, there will be people that will always say, well, oh, yeah, because Cole, it took forever. Yeah. He's finally now shook it. Max is not going to have enough okay, time. He's not going to pitch that much Here's longer. what helps Max, and I rolled my eyes when the question was asked to Max, but it, it is considered in this. His spin rates had no difference today. Like, his spin rate was not way up. Like, ooh, what caused the Musgrove thing, to go back to that, was that the Mets were noticing that his spin rate that night against the Mets was off the charts. It was abnormal. It was an abnormal spin. Now, are there other factors besides using sticky stuff that can lead to, on a certain night, getting more spin on your baseball? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you're so far pumped up, so far focused, that 
it's just spinning better? I, I don't know. I can't answer that. But Max Scherzer, at least in this game, there was no difference. There was The spin was not through the roof where something was noticeable. And I do think whether it should be a factor, it will be a factor. That that's going to help him a little bit. That there was nothing abnormal about the way the baseball was spinning out of his hands. Because the reason baseball so adamant about this is because of the spin rates. And the reason they're adamant about the spin rates is they don't want as many swing and misses as we've seen over the last few years. It's not even about injuries. It's not about that. Because they want pitchers to be able to grip the baseball and control it. They're working with the players on that. It's not about that. It's about the spin. Because if it spins a lot, guys swing and miss. If guys swing and miss, there's less offense. If there's less offense, there's less action. This all goes back to the same stuff with the pitch clock. They're trying to speed up the game but make it more action-filled. And that's what this is all about, by the way. That's the truth behind why do they care so much about sticky stuff. It's not the integrity of the game. No. It's there are too many swing and misses. What can we do? And one of the things they absolutely can do, that's why they're doing it, is let's try to make the ball not spin as much abnormally. So I think that's going to help them a little bit. But this is going to be interesting over the next few days because it's MLB investigating the umpires versus Max Scherzer. It's going to be comical. No, seriously, it's it's going to be levels of silliness because now we're investigating a baseball glove and agents are going to get involved and baseball is going to get involved and the Mets are going to get involved and the Dodgers might even get involved. And it's just going to be it's going to be a circus. Yeah. I don't think this is going to – like Max and Scott Boris are not going to go quietly into the night and maybe he's exonerated and is all good and he's not suspended and Phil Cuzzy is just a hall monitor or whatever. But I just think it's just going to play out in a very funny fashion. All right, a couple of other things. Buck lying about – Tim, Brett Beatty and Tim LaCastro was so odd to me. <laughs> Buck was asked a very good question, a question we discussed on the last Rico. Why now? Why was Brett Beatty called up now? And Buck says, because uh, we got a guy hurt. Tim LaCastro, we got hurt. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. The news of Beatty coming up came out Sunday morning. Tim LaCastro played on Sunday. He pinch ran on Sunday. He stole a base on Sunday. He then gets hurt, back spasms, IL, Bucks telling us, yeah, we're only bringing him up because LaCastro got hurt. Now, unless you're telling me LaCastro was already hurt, played injured, stole a base, what the hell is Buck talking about? And I don't understand these stupid lies. Like, just say he's playing really well. <laughs> like, it's it's so easy. Hey, hey, guys, why would we call him up? He's hitting 900 at AAA, and our starting third baseman, we love him, is not performing at a high enough level. So we thought, hey, let's let's bring him up. 
Or don't even bring up basketball. You want to play it? Play it up. Hey, the guy deserves it. The guy went down to AAA. He's done everything we asked him to do. He deserved to be called up. For Buck to bring up LaCastro getting hurt, I'm not mad about it. I just think it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Now, they made a lot of roster moves the last couple of days. They put LaCastro on the IL. Budo went to AAA. They called up a reliever, Edwin Yuseta, who we have not seen yet. They called up Red Beatty. They put Carrasco on the IL. They called up Jeb Brigham, who looks pretty good. And then this one. Tommy Hunter is back. Okay, fine. He deserves to be back. Denny Reyes, who has pitched very well, got sent down. And this is one of those unfortunate guy-has-options games kind of situations. Denny Reyes will be back. He deserves to be back. He's pitched really well since coming up here. But it's just one of those unfortunate things. Uh, Jimmy Yacobonis may end up back down in the minors pretty soon after throwing so many innings, even though he's pitched well. So they're making more moves in their bullpen, but their bullpen has overall pitched really, really well. Now, let me get to the stat because uh, we've done enough Rico. I've right? been going on and on for a long time. We all need a break. Evan's got to go home and watch highlights of Kendall Gill when yeah. he was on the Nets. That, that, that's what he's going to be doing. Tonight. Well, we are recording this for anyone, depending on when you're listening. We recorded this right after Cardin Roberts on Wednesday evening. I also DVR'd the Islander game, DVR'd the Yankee game. So when I go home, I spend some time with my wife, and then I'm going to be like on three-hour delay watching an Islander playoff game and a Yankee regular well, season They're already game. down 3 nothing. the Islanders. Hey, so hey, don't bother. You they're, down, be, they're, they're down 3 nothing. and as be, you said last night, you better be effing with me. 2 nothing Rangers after the first period, game's over. If so you, the Islanders, I'm sorry to you and your fans. You better be effing with me. Uh, you'll be heading home now down two games. Oh, the series? I thought well, you are telling me no, the score of game two. It's 3 nothing right now. No, you better be lying. Well, what do you call when it? When I get walker? home, Fibbing. you better be bucking. Okay. When I get home, oh, it's a phrase, it's a verb now. When I get home, if the Islanders are ever down 3 nothing, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Anyhow, here's a stat for you. And I don't want anybody to draw conclusions or opinions from this. It's a stat. Okay? It's a fascinating stat. All right? All right. Since the trade deadline of a year ago, there were two baseball players that were traded. One guy's name is Juan Soto. The other guy's name is Daniel Vogelback. Since the trade, that includes last year and obviously this year. Juan Soto has played 72 games. Daniel Vogelback has played 68 games. So both guys have played a roughly amount around the same amount of games, a little bit less than half a season. Juan Soto has taken 314 plate appearances. Daniel Vogelback has taken 221. So that's significantly different. Soto's gotten up about 90 more times. Daniel Vogelback is hitting 251. Juan Soto is hitting 225. I'm not kidding. Daniel Vogelback's OPS is 825. Juan Soto's OPS is 780. Really? Juan Soto has hit 10 home runs with 26 RBIs. Daniel Vogelback has 7 home runs with 31 RBIs. Daniel Vogelback has a higher OPS has driven in more runs, three less home runs, a significantly higher batting average in about 90 less plate appearances. Your thoughts? Well, I think it's it's obvious. The Mets are going to give Daniel Vogelback a $500 million contract whenever his <laughs> contracts are based on those stats. Dude, I don't know what the deal is. The OPS, I know Soto has not hit for high average with the Padres. He's been good. He hasn't been outstanding. I don't get it. I thought he'd have at least a higher OPS because, you know, if he takes a pitch, they call it a ball. 
and and he's bitching about the uh, you know the pitch clock. That's astounding, dude. That's really. astounding. Yeah, and, and astounding. I want to make something clear. This was not done as a defense of Daniel Vogelback at all. If anything, it's a what the hell happened to Juan Soto? Because has Daniel Vogelback been a good man? No. Eh, no, I wouldn't say no. Like no. those numbers are not. Be- he has an eight twenty five OPS. He gets on base a lot. He has not hit enough home runs. I will totally agree with that. Seven home runs in 68 games is not enough. He was brought here to mash, and he hasn't done that. Okay. No, I agree with that. I think he's been okay. He's been okay. He's not been as good as they need him to be. They need that production from left-handed DH to be better. I will give you that. The fact that he's outperforming Juan Soto is dumbfounding. It's more of an, obviously, an indictment on Soto, and that's why we're bringing it up. It's about Soto. It's not about Vogelback, because I'm not trying to convince you Vogelback's awesome. I'm just presenting that. Could you imagine if the Mets or the Yankees had made a trade for this guy, and this was the production? Yeah, I mean, it's not even like he changed leagues, because sometimes you use that excuse, like, you change leagues, it takes a little time to adjust. He stayed in the National League, and he just hasn't performed, and he's on a team now that's all in. Obviously, the Padres are tr- doing everything they can to win. God bless them. Crazy. But Soto's a centerpiece of that, and when Daniel Vogelback, who is, in, in Evan words, not mine, has been okay he's on been the okay. Mets, uh, is outperforming him by, quite frankly, a lot, that's absurd. Yeah. Now, I think Soto will wake up. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I do not think yeah. this will be Juan Soto for the rest of his Look, career. It's just one of those weird anomalies. At this moment, would I still want to sign Juan Soto in a year and a half? Yeah, but the more this continues, the more concerning it would be. Well, we're way, signing Otani. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Or how about both? How about both, guys? But before, and I know you got to run, but I, I think it's important to the Rico what? fans and to Evan. Have I missed anything, by we, the way? We missed one, one thing. Go ahead. And I don't want people to think we're ignoring it. No, no, go ahead. Evan is a, a massive Jacob DeGrom supporter. I am a Massive Jacob Degrom. Oh, the injury, supporter. Evan. I have not had a sore wrist since puberty. Frankly, I use that. <laughs> I use that. I use that joke twice. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's tough. It's tough. Do I think he's going to make his next start? Fine. Sore wrist. I'm not a major league pitcher, if, obviously. But if Degrom was here, leaving after four no hit innings with a sore wrist, he would be crucified. I would probably rip him too. To be fair, like I, I don't think I would be as vitriolic as others, but I would certainly say, what's going on now? A sore wrist? I think the the thing to keep in mind about the DeGrom discussion for now is it will always, to me, for now, be compared to Verlander. And until Verlander pitches for this team, what are we supposed to say? DeGrom has at least pitched. Yeah. Verlander hasn't thrown a pitch yet. Absolutely. And look, this is a this is a hill to die on for both of us. Whenever I'll do shows, you do shows. We'll argue with Met fans about this and why Met fans hate Jacob DeGrom. And I think it's simple. It's because the Mets and the media have told you to hate him. And I really fully believe this in my soul. And and I'll speak for Evan here. You can tell me if I'm wrong. He didn't get along with the owner. Like, he wasn't nice to him. They didn't go out to dinner. He was aloof. He wanted to go home. And he wanted a new shiny toy here so he can go out to dinner with, you know, Justin Verlander, Kate Upton. That's what he wanted. And that's why Jake's not here. I, I, we could argue about whether Jake's out there pitching and Verlander's out there pitching, but I truly believe that. He, it, it, that's no, what happened. All I'm saying, and I, I agree with you, but all I'm saying about this is that when Jake gets hurt, and it happened in February, there's this Met fan reaction of, see, it's Jake, I told you, so, all that. I don't want to hear it until the guy who replaced him does something. Because it's, I have a tough time listening to, oh, DeGrom left after four innings. At least he threw four innings. Our other guy hasn't pitched yet. But the same Met fan, if Jake threw every inning, he was never got hurt all year. They'd go, "See, I told you he was faking no, I, injuries. Listen, I told listen, you." So, but on my the it's anti, a losing argument, the no anti Jakers are gonna want to win either way. They're gonna spin it either way. That's yes. all. Just a little. No, I get that because he did leave after four innings with a sore wrist. I was like, could you just come up with something with better? a no hitter too, <laughs> which I've seen before. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Well, we'll have another Rico coming up soon. I'll probably do a couple of them because it's a four-gamer with the Giants. So we'll mix one in over the weekend and then give you one after the series ends on Sunday night because they are playing the Sunday night game. So that's going to be a freaking late night. But enjoy it. So far, this road trip's been awesome. Oh, yeah. I said before the trip I would sign for 5-1. and one. Uh, five and five. I want to make things clear now. At five and one, I would no longer sign for five and five. <laughs> the bar has changed. Now get me a split in San Francisco. Seven and three. We all have a party. Thank you for listening and downloading Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>